when we last left Penny in Chapter 5, she had just had her heart-to-heart with her mom about her place in the universe. And now we're moving into Chapter 6, The Club Meeting of Double Date by Rosamund Dujardin. <laughs> what is going to happen at the She's going to go to a club meeting. Oh, my God. So oh, my God. Yep. Okay. It was almost dinner time when Pam got home. Gran was in the kitchen. She had the little radio on and was singing a lively duet with Bing Crosby so that the air was filled with music as well as delicious odors of cookery. (laughs) Mother hadn't come upstairs yet, although Howard House officially closed at five. There was often bookwork or some other detail that kept Celia busy until much later. Penny was setting the table in the dining alcove, arranging silverware in bright flowered china neatly on the yellow linen cloth. Pam came up behind her and asked winningly, mad at me? Penny shook her head. Why should I be? Oh, Pam said, you went off in such a huff when I decided to watch football practice. I thought you might be. That was on account of the trig test tomorrow, Penny explained. I had to study for it. You didn't forget all about it, did you? Pam's gray eyes widened in horror. Golly, Moses, I did. (laughs) (laughs) And I told Spark Matthews he could stop by later. A bunch of us walked home together after practice and Spark was quite friendly. We're going over to the teen hangout for a while. Only, of course, Spark can't stay out very late on account of being in training. Neither can you, Penny reminded dryly. Only recently, Mother had been driven to issue an ultimatum setting 10 o'clock as the absolute limit on school night. I know, Pam agreed. Suddenly, her tone grew coaxing. You can sort of brief me on the trig, can't you? So long as you've studied it, just enough so I can get by. Well, I'll try, Penny said, but we won't have too much time after dinner. I'm going to the Headlines Club at 7.30. She hurried on then at Pam's look of surprise. I was going to ask you to go too, but if you've already made a date with Spark Matthews. But Penny, Pam said in her most beguiling manner, you don't want to waste time with that newspaper crowd. They're sort of droopy. The Pep Club will be a lot more fun. Lori and and Susan say they have perfectly hilarious times at their meetings. Penny shook her head stubbornly. I don't like cheerleading. You know I told you that last year, Pam. You don't have to be a cheerleader, Pam smiled at her. It's just that the crowd's more fun. Maybe for you, Penny argued, but I get more of a bang out of working on the paper. Pam's eyes narrowed just a little. Is it because Mike's editor? Uh. Penny stared at her blankly. I didn't know he was. Well, he is, Pam informed her. (laughs) He wanted me to go to headlines tonight, but I couldn't see it. I mean, there's no point in pretending to be interested in things you don't give a darn about just because some boy. I'm not doing that, Penny denied hotly. I didn't even know Mike had anything to do with it. Oh, I didn't mean you, Pam assured her. I was just talking. You go right ahead to your club meeting. I imagine one's all it'll take to prove how boring it is. She strolled off toward their bedroom. Penny called after her. Why don't you study some now? It'll probably be half an hour before we eat. Oh, I can't now, Pam called back. I have to do my nails. They're a mess. (laughs) Penny Mm -hmm. inquired then. Did you know Sparks six feet three tall? And such shoulders. I wouldn't believe them if I hadn't seen them close up. Mike was six feet tall, Penny thought dreamily. Mm-hmm. And he had very nice shoulders, too. A little thrill of anticipation stirred in her at the thought of seeing him at headlines. She was <gasps> glad now that she had decided to take Mother's advice and go. It hadn't been an easy decision for Penny to reach. She had sat on her bed, her school books spread out around her for quite a long while before she actually began to study trigonometry. The habit of following after Pam, of doing the things that Pam was interested in, was too strong to be easily broken. But tonight, Penny had made up her mind, 
would be a starting point at least. Mm. He was going to hold out against Pam's coaxing, her winning charm. She'd probably backslide pretty often, but at least she was going to make an effort to establish herself as a person in her own right with interests and activities apart from Pam. Being a carbon copy hadn't worked out so well. Maybe mother's solution of the problem would prove more effective. The only way to find out is to give it a try. What a healthy growth mindset she has. <laughs> I know. Yeah, for a 17-year-old, it should have been when she was 12. Anyway, <laughs> Penny, Pam's wheedling voice broke into her reflections. Come help me with trig while I do my nails, and I'll try to get home in time to do some more studying later. Well, okay, Penny agreed. <laughs> Having taken a firm stand about the club meeting, she guessed she could afford to be magnanimous about unimportant details. Dot, dot, dot. Okay, now we're, now we're switching locations. Just as Penny walked into the journalism room where the headlines meeting was to be held, she felt a big hand grab her arm and heard Mike Bradley's agreeably surprised voice saying, Pam, you did decide to come after all. Penny shook her head, looking up at him, an uncertain smile on her lips. Sorry, Mike, I'm Penny. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's disappointment was obvious and unflattering. <laughs> her on her arm relaxed as he added ruefully, I thought it was funny she passed up Muffle Man Matthews. But for a minute there, you had me fooled. He wagged his head toward a couple of empty seats. Might as well sit down. The meeting's due to get underway. There were many familiar faces in the big talk-filled room. Penny saw most of the people from her journalism class. Mrs. Gebhard, the journalism teacher, who was also the club's faculty advisor, was there too. Sitting in the chair next to Mike's, even if he wasn't paying much attention to her, Penny was glad she had come. Mike leaned his elbows on his knees and stared glumly straight ahead of him. Penny surmised he was brooding over Pam's date with Spark Matthews. <laughs> she wished she could think of something interesting to say, something that would make him notice her. But before she was able to, Mrs. Gebhard stood up and called the meeting to order. Immediately, Penny found her attention absorbed. This wasn't dull and boring at all, as Pam had so confidently predicted. There was quite a bit of discussion of the inner workings of the school weekly, which was called the Glen Crier. The circulation manager announced an impending drive for subscription. Mike Bradley, as editor, announced the need for a few more reporters besides those chosen the previous spring. He suggested that anyone willing to do legwork, running down news items around the school, sign her name on a list that had been provided for the purpose. I could do that, Penny thought. It would be fun. So afterward, while Mike was absorbed in conversation with a couple of other boys, Penny went over to sign her name on the list on Mrs. Gebhard's desk. The journalism teacher smiled at her. You should make a good reporter, Penny, Mrs. Gebhard remarked. You have quite a nice flair for writing. What? Why, thank you, Penny stammered, <laughs> a warm glow enveloping her as the unexpected compliment. Maggie Wright came up behind her then. Maggie was a small, dark-haired girl with straight bangs and a forthright manner. She said, hi, Penny, glad you're signing up. I may be pretty much of a dub, Penny said. I've never done any reporting before. I'm an old hand, Maggie chuckled. There's nothing to it. Most people are anxious to tell you all if there's a chance they'll see their names in print. And of course, there are always club meetings and junk like that to fill in with. Yes, I suppose so, Penny agreed. It doesn't sound too complicated. You shoving off now? Maggie asked. Then at Penny's nod, we can walk together, maybe stop at the hangout for a Coke. Hmm. Penny hesitated only a second before saying, sure, that would be fine. In that intervening instant, her glance had slipped unobtrusively to Mike Brady, who was surrounded now by a group of a half a dozen talking, laughing girls and boys. Penny jibed at herself. She linked arms with Maggie. Did you imagine he'd be watching for a chance to walk home with you? How silly can you get for creep's sake? Aloud, she said to Maggie, no trace of her disappointment sounding in her voice. A coke would hit the spot. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
The hangout was crowded until its very walls seemed threatened and noisy as usual. Juicebox music and conversation and shouts of laughter were stirred up together into a deafening brew. The booths around the sides were filled to overflowing. So Penny and Maggie stood with their drinks in the genial press of people around the soda fountain. It was nearing closing time, 10 o'clock on weeknights, and the effervescent gaiety seemed to be rising to a sort of crescendo. There was even a not unpleasant rhythm to it, Penny thought, listening and smiling a little as she sipped her drink. Hi, Penny, she heard Pam's voice from halfway down the room and waved back at her. Pam was in one of the most crowded booths. Spark Matthews' massive shoulders almost shutting her off from Penny's view. You want to go back there? Maggie asked, her dark eyes level. But Penny shook her head. She's with Spark and a bunch of other couples. I'd rather go on home when we finish our drinks. So that was what they did, strolling along the well-lighted street together to within half a block of Penny's house where Maggie had to turn off. They stood there under a streetlight talking for a few minutes more about the club meeting and then said goodnight and went their respective ways. It's trippy that, like, they legit just went and had a Coke and then went home. (laughs) Is that not something that you ever did? Uh, I don't know that I've, like, just gone somewhere and had a soft drink, you know? I used to literally go and have a water. What? If I was with a crowd of people. Because I had no money. I had no money. But you Well, I mean, like with a crowd of people, sure. But like, this would be like if somebody said to you, like, hey, Laura, you want to go like have a water? <laughs> and you're like, just go and have a water. And then that's your activity. <laughs> it's like. Well, but you're, the activity is being with the people. Right. Okay. It's not that I don't understand it. It's that I've never like ordered. It, it, I've never made a plan to just go have a soft drink itself. It's always like with fries and a burger or like, you know, like a meal or a blah, blah, unless we're talking about going to bars, in which case then, yeah, sure. You go to bars and you have like whatever drink you want to have. We can explore this more in our discussion period. Interesting. I didn't realize it would cause so much hesitancy. Because I did this all the time. That's what I, that's why I want to explore it now. Okay. Well, and I did. Generation next episode. Yeah, I know. And went their respective ways. When Penny led herself into the house, she heard voices from upstairs. In the living room, Gran and Lucius Hancock were playing cribbage. There was nothing at all unusual about this. Mr. Hancock dropped in often to see the Howards, and whatever his reason for coming, he and Gran usually got out the cards and the little pegged wooden board before the evening was over. Hello, dear. Gran gave Penny a rather preoccupied smile. Hello, Pam or Penny, as the case may be. This was Mr. Hancock's customary greeting to either of the twins. <laughs> Like I've never heard that before. Uh, answering, mm-hmm. Penny was struck anew by the contrast between Mr. Hancock's venerable white head and the youthfully dazzling sports shirts he affected. Almost before the words were out of her mouth, Gran and Mr. Hancock were concentrating once more on their game. That's a very cutthroat competition, Mother chuckled. She was curled up on the couch listening to the tail end of a news broadcast. She reached out one hand to switch off, then indicated the big bowl of popcorn on the coffee table. Have some, honey? Penny helped herself, then perched on the arm of the couch beside Mother. The club meeting was lots of fun, she said, and she proceeded to tell Mother all about it with contagious enthusiasm. Well, fine, Mother smiled when she finished. I'm glad you're going to be a reporter, so long as you like writing. I don't know how much actual writing I'll get to do, Penny admitted. Maybe it'll just be gathering news items. But anyway, I think I'll enjoy it. They talked for a little while longer. Then Penny said goodnight and wandered off to her bedroom. She didn't turn the light just at first, but stood for a dreaming moment at the window, looking far out into the night. It seemed, she thought, almost like fate, 
that she and Mike Bradley should both be interested in writing because naturally Mike couldn't have been made editor of the crier if he hadn't done a good deal of earlier work along that line. Editor was a big job, an important one. Penny felt a little absurd glow of pride to think of Mike's having been chosen to fill the post. Maybe working on the paper, even in a small capacity, she'd be able to learn from Mike. At least they should be thrown together to some extent. Take Guy, for instance. Just because she'd gone to headlines, she'd got to sit next to him, to talk with him casually. She tried to push out of her mind the memory of the way his face had fallen at the realization that she wasn't Pam. Mm. Well, think about that. Her lips formed the words fiercely, but silently. She pulled the draw drapes at the window, then turned away from it. Lighting the dresser lamps in their stiff plaid gam shades, she proceeded to get ready for bed. There didn't seem to match point in turning off the lights. Pam should be home any minute. It was after 10 now, but long after Penny had gone into bed and fallen asleep, Pam still hadn't come. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's, that's it for this chapter. Tune in for our next episode for our discussion of buying a Coke and other <laughs> issues. 